You're listening to Movie Homework, brought to you by the Binge Media Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. BingeMedia.net. I'm Jack, and I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host, the one and only Chad C. How's it going, man? Hey, buddy. We've we've left the holiday season. We're starting a new year of movie homework. I'm ready to do this shit. That's right. It's 2024. We're here to uh, to do things better than the year previous, and uh, hopefully, we will achieve that. But uh, we're starting off with uh, a you know a tie into. A theatrical release, as we've been doing recently, as much as possible. Uh, Michael Mann's Ferrari was in theaters. I think both of us have seen it at this point. And, uh, you know, you, you had kind of bounced around the idea of, hey, you know, wanted to check out Black Hat. I I hadn't seen it before. Chad, you, you hadn't seen this either, correct? No, yeah, that's the main reason I wanted to do it. It's been a while since there's been a movie that both of us had not seen. So coming in right. fresh here and, yeah, so going yeah. to tackle this yeah, so this movie, a little bit of an anomaly to me. I mean, the, the only things I knew about it were that it was kind of a dud on arrival and that there's this sort of famed uh, director's cut that just got released on, I think, 4K Blu-ray from Arrow releases. And that, you know, it's it's been said for a while that, yeah, the, the theatrical cut is kind of compromised and isn't exactly the way that Michael Mann wanted it, but that the director's cut would you know, do a lot of good and, and is a much better movie than the theatrical. Um, I, I'm going to say up front, I did not get a chance to watch the director's cut to compare, but I was wondering if maybe you did. Uh, we are one and the same because okay. I I watched the theatrical cut and did not get around to the director's cut. So Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so this movie came out in 2015. Um, let's start off with the trailer as we usually do. Let's hit this first. Is he political? Terrorist attack, any declaration? The guy we're working will drop the big hammer and not think twice about it. He's on the move again. Chicago, now China. This is only the beginning. He's still riding. War 4. Real head is still to come. You get discovered. You're dead meat. All right. Uh, Chad, do you have some uh, box office totals on Black Hat? I do. So as you said, this release January 15th of 2015 was completely dead on arrival. Huge flop. One of the bigger flops in probably the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, This very famously came out the weekend that American Sniper went wide, and of course that was a juggernaut movie, rose eighty nine million. So yeah. this, on a seventy million dollar budget, opened to three point nine million, and overall domestic only ended up grossing eight million. Wow! And, I mean, this is easily Man's biggest flop, and Universal actually pulled this from theaters two weeks, like very famously, like we are not, we're just cutting our losses at this point, and yanked it. But yeah, I mean, it, it came out the market. Good timing with this episode, actually. It's the the nine-year anniversary. You're coming up on Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, 
uh, a holiday weekend, which is when it released. So, ah, uh, what better way to celebrate that that you know <laughs> famous man than talking about the uh, flop that is Black Hat? That's Good right. You know. and this also came out the same day as the original Paddington. Second week of Taken Three, Imitation mm. Game. A lot of these Hobbit, Hobbit Battle of the Five Armies was in the top ten. Kind of a little trip down memory lane here. Yeah, yeah, big bad flop for me in that year. Jesus Christ, That's I. Uh, I kind of fucking hated the imitation game. I, I famously fell asleep like three or four times trying to watch it. And it, it was like in the middle of a Saturday or something. It just a yeah, terrible yep. movie. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. So for me, Black Hat was just not, you, you know, how it is you, you get these auteur directors and you want to see everything they've made just to say you've seen it, see the progression of the career. But man, I just heard so much bad about this movie over the years that it just kind of was out of sight, out of mind. Um, I think it also suffers from, to me, what is just like a death knell in that when you look at the cover art or the poster for this movie, it just looks bad. Like, it just looks chaotic. There's nothing interesting or enticing about the one sheet for the film, which really does nothing to help get people to even give it a shot, um, no. which is another problem. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I don't know if uh, you, you can bring it up or, or anybody at home that's listening to this can see, but... You're essentially looking at, you know, like a third of it is Chris Hemsworth's face, which, you know, I get that. There's a bunch of text in the center of the frame. And, <laughs> and then there's like two more, I don't know, like like scene stills from the movie. But you really have to look at the image to understand what you're looking at. And it's just, it's just messy. It's, it's very bad design. Yeah. And that is sort of where it starts for me with this movie because I look, I'm, I'm, I'm in it. We all know this. Um, I've spent a fair amount of time in this world and it doesn't resemble anything that I know about the technology that they're working with. Um, <laughs> I, I did want to start off with a little bit of a, an interview from Michael Mann and I, I kind of want to talk about it from his perspective of like learning about, this whole world and why he made the film. You can talk about the condition of it, but it is it is it is the medium through which you you know you you your, your life occurs, and um, and it's changed all of our lives. And it's not going it's not going backwards. It's like it's like how the printing press changed life in Europe in the next hundred years. Well, it's you know it's a lot faster now, but that's how. Um, that's how the computer revolution, and particularly the, the ubiquitous degree of interconnectivity in the cyber revolution, has affected us. So then the um, and and the culture. So then, who are these people? Who what is a black hat hacker? What is, you know, who is he? What is he? You know, walk like, talk like, whatever. And um, I started doing research in Washington, and um, the degree of vulnerability of how porous everything is. Uh, the uh, the cyber the amount of cyber intrusions their seriousness was new news to me and that's why I said I've got to so that, anyway that was the worst so that's from an interview taken you know right when the movie was coming out and you kind of hear a man talking about what he learned spending time in Washington D.C. understanding that there's this whole world of cyber criminals and hacking and and there's just a, a whole lot that he was unaware of. In one respect, I have a lot of uh, admiration for a guy like Michael Mann to be able to go into a world he doesn't understand, try to understand it, try to make it palatable. 
But I think that he was probably the worst possible choice for a story like this. Um, and I don't know. That's kind of where I start with this movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a line early on when they're speaking to Chris Hemsworth's character, Hathaway, in prison. And they sit him down and they start talking to him about how he was able to put, I think, like $900 in the accounts of each of the inmates at the prison, right? And the guy behind the counter says to him, he's, he, the exact line I may be butchering, but he says, oh, did you use this phone to open a terminal, to use a command line, to enter this information? Now, I'm not going to act like I know more than you know the professionals who made this movie, but nobody in IT or tech of any kind would speak that way. And I heard that this movie was praised for its accuracy. Now, when you say, I'm going to open up a terminal, a terminal is a command line. So by saying, I'm opening up a terminal to open up a command line, you're being a fucking moron. So there may be technical aspects of this movie that seemed accurate at the time, but this just seemed like an old, like, like to me, this whole movie seemed like an old man trying to understand a world that passed him by like 20 years prior. That's this whole thing. So... I'm just going to start there, but Chad, <laughs> could you possibly explain what the fuck is going on in this movie plot-wise to me? Because I'm not sure I really get it. No, I sure can't. I, okay. I actually okay. did. I was I was going to be. I knew the obviously. I know your your uh, your career path, and so I had yeah. There's some questions about this. I figured you'd have uh, a few uh, a few things to touch on with it. Sure. Um, sure. But I think even I think man even he mentions that in a lot of the interviews. He's like that movie was not ready to be made. I, I think he it was while he's doing press for Ferrari. He was talking about how it clearly looking back, they weren't ready to make it. The script wasn't ready. And yeah. I will say majority of the issues that I have with this movie is the script. I mean, man, yeah. man has a stylistic way of shooting. His his gunfight scenes are always fantastic. I don't really have an issue with any of those in this movie. But uh, sure. I mean, this the script is just it is brutal. I mean, it opening up you're you're just confused from the start really. It's it's like it, it, the 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 Hong Kong explosion and then you're you're flipping it in going back to him in prison and that that scene you're talk, talking about is just the worst Chicago is that the Chicago accent the Hemsworth yeah. is attempting there That's it kind of goes it goes in and out throughout the movie but that scene is by far the worst of it um yeah I mean but you're right the the poster really starts it, the messiness it kind of just it flows right into the movie you're you're kind of getting what what that's showing you uh yeah I, there's another thing that I noticed right up front and I I mean you must have seen this but there's a scene where before we really get into Hathaway's character at all, his buddy, whose name I don't know because I don't know that the movie ever even says his name, but his his friend who who has the sister who Hathaway gets with, that guy. Yeah, Trang. Okay. He's having a conversation with his higher-ups. And if you watch that scene, I, I don't know if, like, Man or the studio figured, ah, they're just going to be reading the subtitles, nobody's going to pay attention to this. But if you watch that scene and you hear the audio... And then watch the mouths moving doesn't match up whatsoever. It's completely different. I, and the weird thing is it happens again later on when he has a conversation with a couple officials, you know, talking about whether or not he needs to cut Hathaway loose after Jakarta. Like, mm -hmm. so it happens 
multiple times in the movie. And then there's also a dozen scenes where characters are like looking away from the camera and there's a bunch of audio that's ADR'd in to try and yes. like piece shit together. And man, mm-hmm. is that messy. Um, yeah. Strap. And then one of my big issues with it is the, the, just the, the rushed like love story, like the, it, it, oh <laughs> within like the first 30 minutes, they're in bed together. Just like, Oh my God. Uh, they have zero chemistry whatsoever too. Like, a lot of the just most of the characters in this movie are just very dull like you don't really root for any of them I, yeah. I, even trying to establish the uh uh viola davis and holt mccallany characters like they, you try to get a little bit of backstory there but when they're discussing like oh what happened to you your family but it's like where did that even come from really like she, yeah. <laughs> it just seems so cut and choppy and yeah really weirdly edited together and just, I, I can understand why there's been so much hate for this movie at this point. Now, I, I'd, I'd never seen it. I had always heard bad things, but I'm like, oh, all right, all of these things are checking all the boxes. All right. Well, yeah. you know, it's it's kind of a thing that I'm understanding about man. The more of his films that I've seen, um, you know, like I said, I, I, I saw Ferrari a couple of weeks ago, and I walked out of that pretty disappointed. Like, I, I, I didn't have high expectations for it, but man, I just. I don't know how that was the movie that you thought was a good idea to make. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. you made a movie about a guy who invented uh, these world-famous race cars and this incredible company, and, and somehow you made it like a melodrama about his wife and his mistress. And I just, I, I don't understand that focus at all. And man has this obsession with, like, really strong men of a very certain and, and specific type. Um yep. They don't really talk about their emotions outside of their, like, ruthless professionalism and intensity. Um, They are, you know, kind of, like, effortlessly good-looking and incredibly competent at their job. And they just happen to, like, fall into a relationship or two or three uh, because it happens to be, like, in close proximity to them. Um, The only movie that maybe breaks this in my opinion, would be like Last of the Mohicans. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it's it's very, I don't know, it's it's interesting to see across his career these like threads that carry through most of his films and kind of makes you wonder like where that comes from. But yeah, um, it, maybe it is. It, it, it's something with these last two. I mean, Black Hat and Ferrari are obviously his last two directorial feature films, but mm-hmm. it's like both main, both leads are pretty unlikable i I, like ferrari itself opens with you know he's in bed with his mistress so you're like instantly like all right this guy's kind of a douche um and and same with this one he's he's just kind of playing it up i mean i like hemsworth all right i mean i have no issues with Hemsworth, but i I, yeah i think this is one of his worst performances that i've seen for sure it's yeah it's it's just very dull like the character itself is just dull i mean he's he's like this badass hacker but he's fucking john wick when it comes to fighting and at the bar and stuff it just comes out of nowhere really but yeah and, and there's also so many scenes where I, I just think that they're they're like very highly calculated and, and like very well executed misfires you know um mm-hmm. the fact that he uses like multiple cgi sequences of i guess data moving through a computer um it looks terrible it, it's yeah, it's rough. dated already um yeah you know it's funny I, I thought at a certain point i thought that those scenes were going to come back and there was going to be some clever use of them where you know you have your signature like michael mann city shots where 
you know, like helicopter shots or drone shots of a city and everything's lit up and it looks fantastic. And I kept thinking to myself, oh, that kind of looks like the inside of the computer. I wonder if he does anything with that. And it, you know, didn't didn't have any like visual panache or flair or, or like reasoning. Um, mm-hmm. it, I, I don't know. Just just yeah, this was uh, man. This this was a tough movie to finish. This was a really hard movie for me to finish. Yeah, I um, agree. I agree. It's, it, what was it? Two two hours and twelve minutes or so, but felt like three hours and twelve. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's the pacing. The pacing's just all over the place, and it. it Pacing's bad. The 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 just the basic understanding of what's going on too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not everybody is well is is well versed in uh, stock commodities and, and trading lingo. Um, and soy futures, yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like I, I okay. I mean, <laughs> I, and, and then the idea that like this guy is a hacker. I, I don't know. I'm not going to claim that I'm some sort of like world class fucking professional computer user or hacker or whatever. But man, I don't know a single person <laughs> who does what this guy does that looks like him. Not even close. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I mean, there's there's just a lot of that. But you know, I'm not going to beat up a movie for being inaccurate to reality because it's a movie. I'm, I'm going to beat this movie up for having a really uh, confusing plot, um, uninteresting music. I'm going to say straight up bad direction in some respects and just t- terrible, terrible chopped up editing. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I've seen some bad movies. This is bad in, in a, like a very professional way. You know, it's like mm-hmm. everybody on set tried. Um, I, I think that Michael Mann is is trying to make a good movie. It seems like he tried to piece it together with the, you know, what the, the pieces that he had. But um yeah, I. Oof, there was there was not a lot to glean from this for me. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. it's I've, I've figured going into this, this is going to be one of our tougher. Like, I just I don't have a lot of good to say about it. I mean, it's 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 pretty rough. It's very rough. I, I'm wondering what. And actually, I read a little bit about the director's cut, and I think they they in the the Hong Kong explosion opens the movie here, and I'm pretty sure that I heard that that's like 20 minutes into the movie in the director's cut. So there's a lot more you you gets like the viola davis character it like opens the movie and you don't even get the hemsworth character until like 20 minutes in as well so then that's that's when they have a reason but i think i guess one of the interviews i was uh watching with him he was saying that the general public had to get on hemsworth's side right he thought so that's why they had to open the movie with the explosion and it's like all right, but I don't know if the general public really got on his side because he's not that likable of a character. But. but I also don't know that yeah. I even knew that that was like that's what was going on there. Um, yeah, like I I really feel like this movie is overthought. It, there's just like a basic literacy that is missing in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think that Michael Mann's a really smart guy, and he's you know obviously a very accomplished and solid director, but. I, I just think he he way 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 overthought what he was doing here. Um, I think that there are better ways to tell a story revolving around hacking and you know uh, that having an effect on on the world or, around you. I mean, I feel like in a way, <laughs> you kind of wanted to tell a Casino Royale type story, right? Because um. That's a character who's manipulating the stock market via um, 
uh, you know, world uh, tragedies that he knows are going to happen because he's part of an organization setting them up. Um, I think that's basically what's going on in Black Hat, but the fact that I finished the movie and then I had to read Wikipedia and then watch a video or two on YouTube to get me there, that's really bad. You know, that's just... It's just like basic storytelling problems that, I, for some reason, don't get ironed out. It didn't get ironed out before this got made. But um, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm gonna be honest too. The when he puts it all together, like when they go over, when it, I'm trying, they, they go to Malaysia, right? And that's yeah. when he puts it all together. What they're doing, <laughs> I couldn't get out of my mind. Uh, I mean, because it just it feels so random. They're just like standing in the desert, and he's like, actually, this is why. Right. It just seems really forced. It's going back to uh, the Fast and the Furious movies. It's like the fucking Vin Diesel scene where I think it's Fast and Furious, the fourth one, when he's like touches the road and he like visualizes the the Letty how she how oh, she gets sure. in there like dies. <laughs> For some reason, that was just like in my mind, like what the fuck. But also, yeah. you know, Tarantino's retiring after allegedly retiring after ten movies because he doesn't want to turn into an old man director and. You know, I gotta say, I think Black Hat and Ferrari are Michael Mann's two worst movies, and he's an old man director, so maybe Tarantino's got a point here. Maybe he's got a point here. I I couldn't agree with you more. Um, Yeah, there's some there's some serious fucking problems here. Uh, I I don't, uh, man, I I don't even know how you would fix this movie. I I just don't think that this was the movie to make, and I'm not sure that Michael Mann was the guy to make it. I think that, you know, if you're going to talk about, like, the inner workings of computing or or hacking, it just doesn't look like this. You know, it just doesn't. Um, I, I, I don't even know who you would go to to make this movie. If anybody was going to try, I feel like I would want to see the Safties make a movie like this. Because mm-hmm. I think that they would understand a character who, you know, has uh, probably some sort of, like, mental, uh, I don't want to say inability, like super ability, but but social ineptitude, you know. Um, that's the kind of person that I feel like you have to center a story like this around and then make that interesting to an audience in, in a more basic way. Um, but, yeah. Uh, did you have any other questions regarding like inaccuracies here or anything like that? Because I might be able to answer a few of them for yeah, you. I, not really. I, I figured you would have uh, <laughs> things to say, but I think you've said them mostly. I mean, yeah, there's like the, the CG going into the computer stuff is it's just really brutal. Oh, it's <laughs> really brutal. This this writer here, Morgan Davis Fowell, he has one screenplay to his credit. And that is uh, this one right here. And he's only ever worked on two two other features, which he was the assistant editor on Adam Sandler's Click, and I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. So I think this one was the nail in the uh, the coffin of this guy's writing career, which, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty okay with that after watching this. But to touch on what we talked about at the beginning, I had zero desire to see the director's cut after watching this. I mean, I, I could have. I, I just, I'm like, I can't do it to myself. I, I, I don't know how much better a director's cut could be of this movie. Like, I, right. I just don't, right? It's, it's rough, so. Yeah, it's it's a tough movie. This is a, this is a really tough movie. Um, I, yeah, I, <laughs> oh, doing my best to, to not completely lambast it, but it's it's tough. It's it's tough to see a movie like this happen because it's exactly what you said with the Tarantino thing. You don't want to see these great filmmakers um, 
just kind of fall flat on their faces. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a misfire. I don't know. I don't know. Just the conception of this movie, I think, was a mistake. Um, yeah. In, in, honestly, in the same way that I feel that the conception of Ferrari was a mistake. You're, you're telling me that that that's the movie he's been trying to make for 30 years. That movie? I I don't know. I think mm-hmm. you're I think you're focusing on the wrong shit, buddy. But yeah. Um, but yeah. All right. Well. Now's as good a time as I need to get into it. That's that, dude! Alright, so the Kupka. So, I will start this off. This is our scene stealer or cameo here. And, um, I'm just gonna go with Holt McElhaney. Just because I like the guy. But, I don't know that anybody in this movie is a real scene stealer. Um, you know, the only other candidate I was gonna say was, uh... The guy who plays the Cheshire in The Dark Knight. I, I don't know the actor's uh-huh. name off the top of my head. But I, I always recognize him now because of that. Um... Oh yeah, uh, those those guys are all right. Who'd you have? Yeah, so I I agree. There's not really any standouts here for scene stealing. I just went with a cameo, and uh, it's it's William Mapother who plays Rich Donahue. He's in this for like two scenes when they're on the phone, and I just recognized him as Ethan Doctor Ethan Rom from your favorite series Lost. <laughs> do you even, do you even remember him in this movie? Who I'm talking about? Nope. Nope. Exactly. Yeah, it's very forget. I'm like, oh, that's that guy. So I'm like, I'm, that's my that's my cameo right there. All right. Well, congratulations. Wow. Fuck Punchable face. You have anybody for this? I do. Uh, it is um, Sadak. He is uh, Yorick Van Wagging Wagingen. It's a rough name. Um, I, I only knew him. I know him from being the rapist in uh, the American Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Uh, oh boy! Yes, yeah, very, very punchable face. It just, just don't, just because of that movie mainly. I'm like, all right, that guy's, that guy's the, the punchable face award right there. What about yep. you? Yep. Um, so mine's a little bit deeper of a cut, but there's a character actor in this movie. Um, his name is Spencer Garrett. He plays a character named Gary Baker. Now, when he popped up, I recognized him right away. Um, I don't hate this guy. He looks a little bit like Seth MacFarlane, but in terms of punchable faces. I just, I feel like he is one. The, you might recognize him more because he is in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood interviewing uh, Rick and Cliff on the opening uh, black yeah, and white yeah. show. Yep, that's awesome. Yeah, that's right. Yep, yep that guy. <laughs> I uh, He's just kind of punchable. It's, I'm, you know what? There's no animosity here. It's just like, sorry, you, your face is punchable, dude. I don't know what to tell you. So. Nice. <laughs> Alright, uh, let's see the Ammon. Tell me something about something I was reading about. Best line from the film. Uh, I am ashamed to say that I could not find one. Uh, I, I'm, I'd be surprised if you did. So, uh, I just went with the, really the only, uh, I guess, standout. It's, it's when they're having... Uh, it, it's not, I'm not saying this is good by any means, but it was at least memorable. They're, him and... Uh, Shin Lian are sitting at the, the table. Is it right before the restaurant? She's like, I'm sorry for what happened to you. And he's like, well, don't be. I'm not fishing for sympathy here. I did the crime. I'm, I'm doing the time. Time isn't doing me. So that's what I went with. <laughs> Ooh, that's, yeah. uh, yeah, that's special. All right, well. <laughs> I know this is a hot take. Most entertaining scene. What'd you go with? Oh, uh... <laughs> So I will say that the one saving grace of this movie is that sequences, specific sequences are put together really well. Um, I I think like you said before, you know, Michael Mann doing a shootout, there's, you know, he knows what he's doing there. I think it's just a matter of whether or not you like what he's doing. Um, 
I appreciated the scene where essentially the the SWAT team was facing off against one of the bad guys. I don't think it was the Cheshin, but I think he was like with those guys. But they were kind of moving around a, a like a roundabout tunnel that I thought was kind of interesting, just because you had like eight guys on one side and one on the other, and, and regardless of how many people were there, I don't know. Just during that scene, it made me think about the fact that like tactically you can't really get an edge in that situation. So like, how would you get through it sort of thing? Um, but that all being said, I thought the most interesting scene was when uh, spoiler alert here, the brother gets blown up. Cause I, I, it was a complete shock to me. I had no idea that was on the table at that moment. And it genuinely mm-hmm. surprised me. So I, I thought that was pretty, pretty good. Yeah. That's my exact scene as well. It's just goes right into uh, Holt and Viola both getting offed as well, like five minutes later. So yeah, it caught me off guard. The CG in that car explosion though is not great. And then just, yeah. just the, the choices of, I mean, Holt and Viola's character, Carol and Mark Jessup. Okay. They're just clearly like standing in the middle of the road without any, uh, any protection. And they right. just like guys with machine guns gun them down. It's like, yeah, they're going to die. So, but I thought the decent, decent gunfight scene though. So yeah, that's what I went with. Well, live and learn. So, all right. <laughs> I mean, Wow. What has held up the best and the worst? Chad, what do you have for this? That Hemsworth Chicago accent is worse. <laughs> that CG, that the, the digital CG going into the whatever the fucking computers. The, the, yeah, I didn't have it best. Nothing needs best for me for this movie. What about you? Yeah, so I, I didn't have anything for the best, but I had several worsts. Um, number one on my list is the techno babble. It's just, it's dated, it's aged. Um, I don't know that there was any way that it couldn't be, but man, that's, it's just not good. It's very cringy. Um, I think that the editing's atrocious, and I, I lump the ADR into that. Um, I don't know the reasons behind it exactly. It feels like this movie was incomplete. That shows. Uh, it's really, really not great. And, uh, yeah, like you said, the, the performances, I don't think that there's a good one in the movie. Um, I don't want to blame the actors overall. I just feel like if nobody in your movie's good, then I... I kind of look at the director and say, "What you know? What was the plan here? What what were you doing?" So, um, okay. so yeah. Uh, all right, <laughs> this one should be interesting. <laughs> Best use of music. I- I'm sorry once again. I don't have a fucking thing for this. Yeah, I've got I've got nothing. This right. very very not memorable music score. Anything going on here? So yeah, nothing. Yeah. All right, uh, then dynamite <laughs> drop in, Monty. Okay, casting swap for the PJ. So, I, again, I really feel like this movie is just, it's bad in every way. Um, There's very little that it has going for it. So, when I look at a casting swap, I I, want to start with Chris Hemsworth because I think the, like I said, the, the whole idea of this movie is wrong to begin with. And I think you need a different type of actor in that role for this particular performance. Um, I think 2015, I think this is a good time for an Edward Norton renaissance. And I'd like to see what Edward Norton, as a hacker, um, out, out of prison, having to negotiate his way out of a situation and, and you know, try and globetrot in some kind of way and figure this problem out. I, I think that he's a little bit better suited and has like a world weariness to him that, Hemsworth just completely lacks at this stage of his career, and, and is he's just wrong for. So 
Uh, I'd, li- I'd like to see Norton in it. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, it's definitely a different movie. He's not as brooding and. Absolutely. Uh, I, I guess the other thing too that really bothers. I'll get to mine as well here, but another yeah. thing that really bothers me about this movie is the fact that you know this is a movie about hacking and all this shit, but then the movie ends with like a big like him stabbing people with like magazines right. wrapped around him. It's like what the fuck. So none of the reason that he was doing that. It, it just yeah, this movie. Um. My, where are we even at here? Oh, casting swap. Uh, I had, uh, yeah, Richie Coster, that is the uh, the Chechen you're talking about from Dark Knight. I yes. just don't think, I don't buy him as like this, I, I just think he's not that great of a villain. I don't know. I, yeah. I went with Javier Bardem here to give it a little sure. bit more star power opposite Hemsworth. Because uh, this guy's just, he's not very well known. I don't know, maybe, probably not going to make the movie any better, but Bardem's usually pretty great and everything. So that's yeah. what I went with. That's not bad. That's not bad. I can, and plus, you have the man connection. He was in Collateral, so yeah, something. true. But uh, all right, nice. Uh, and then extra credit. If you were going to swap somebody in the cast for a binge staffer, who would it be? Did you have any thoughts on this one? I mean, it's got to be you, buddy. You got to be the oh, hacker, Jesus right? You got to be. <laughs> you got to be on this team at least. You're the you're the you're the brains, and maybe him's worse the brawn here. Maybe maybe this a little bit. You're the mm. you're like the Simon Pegg in Mission Impossible. That's. Okay. Getting the, getting the team together here. Something. You, you throw know. me in here as like the John Ortiz character or something. I can see that. Yeah, something, something like that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Here's a more realistic version of this movie. You make John Ortiz the the main character in this. That I buy. Don't even change mm. the way he looks. Maybe put him in a fucking you know like a like a uh, an unbuttoned shirt. But otherwise, yeah, that that makes more <laughs> sense to me than Chris fucking Hemsworth. But yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, you know, I'm I'm swapping out Hathaway for sure. For sure, get him out of there. Get Hemsworth out of there. I know I did it for my uh, casting swap, but I'm also going to do it here. I'm going to put Ammon in there. I think it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Let's see Ammon try and fucking solve this shit. Uh, I'd watch it. I'd buy it for a dollar and more. So it would be it would be good to see him like negotiating high in prison. Like absolutely. Uh, can you give me some high lives, man? <laughs> <laughs> what the yeah, fuck I like it. It's happening okay. right now. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Um, okay, final uh, final thoughts on Black Hat. Uh, I think I've made my opinion pretty clear. I had a really tough time watching this movie. It's not a movie that I hate. It's not a movie that I want to hate. Um, it's, it's another disappointment for man. And unfortunately, in the last 30 days, I've had two of those now. And they happen to be his last two movies. Um, <laughs> I don't know... Uh, I don't know what the future holds for him, but if he's going to continue down this road of these types of movies, I think he's done. And maybe producing is more his bag. Um, I, I just don't have a whole whole heck of a lot here. Before we we throw down grades, do you have anything else you want to you want to throw on this movie? <laughs> I really don't. I mean, to touch on what you're just saying, I mean, it sounds like. Heat Two is what he wants to make next, right? But oh, God, Ferrari also. Not not a not a box office hit. It bombed completely. So I mean, is there a studio that's going to be giving him the money to do this? I don't know, but it seems like that's the direction he wants to go. So I guess we'll see an Adam Driver playing the uh, the De Niro character too. So have you read Heat Two? I have not. Nope. I, I I've got it in my audiobook queue, so I think I will get it done this year at some point. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I cannot imagine that I'm going to give a fuck about that movie. I don't know what the story is, but I just don't, man, I I don't know. That seems like you're really playing with fire with that one. I I don't Mm -hmm. get it, but, um, 
Precisely. <laughs> I've been wrong before. I mean, look, there's uh, Mad Max Furiosa coming out this year, and I hope that's awesome. So I, I call me a hypocrite if you want, but I, I don't know. It's just no. Who knows? Who knows? All right. Well, uh, so Chad, starring Hemsworth. <laughs> that's a good point. But uh, all right, Chad, what, what do you have for a final grade on this? I cannot give this anything higher than a D. I'm sorry. That's that's where I'm at. More yeah. about you. Yeah, this is an F. This is unfortunately an F. Um, I, I the the things that it's doing well, it's just not doing well enough for me to care. I am absolutely shocked that this movie has been given a 4K UHD director's cut release and that people are buying it. That is astounding to me. I don't. Yeah. I, I mean. <laughs> Look, a, a different cut of a movie can change a lot about it. I totally understand that. I would love to meet the person that has the patience to go and watch the director's cut of Black Hat and, and come back and like compare and contrast. I, I don't get it. I, I don't think that anything about this movie is good. Um, yeah, this might be worse than Rage. I think this is the worst movie that, <laughs> that I've seen on Movie Homework so far. This is the new, the new low, so... Yeah, I mean, I think Stargate still holds the that that crown for me that we did a few Stargate. years back. But Stargate's pretty fucking. Yeah, bad. this is up there. I, I feel like I'm too generous. I, you know, I'm, I'm, let's let's double F this. Let's double F this shit up. Okay, oh, I'll give it an F as well. Yeah, I don't. I was going to bring that up too. I can't. It does seem like this movie's kind of gotten like a second life because I, there are a lot of people that defend it online. It seems lately, and yeah, it's it's very odd. I, I don't really understand what they're saying, but. Maybe that director's cuts life-changing. It's something I won't be putting myself through, so unfortunately. Yeah, nostalgia is a very powerful tool. Um, I think that people... It doesn't matter if a thing was good or not. As long as you can say, hey, remember when you're in. And if people have some sort of shared collective memory that they can tap into, then that's all they need, I guess. I don't know. I don't subscribe to it. I don't. I don't love it. Um, I, pro- I probably fall for it, you know, here and there for sure. But uh, it's like a sustainable, I don't know, source of quality. It, nostalgia just ain't it. So mm-hmm. um, I know. I know that uh, Simmons and the, and the rewatchables had had. Like I think they like this movie. I, have, I didn't get a chance to listen to that podcast, but so yeah. I would like to know what they say about it because I might end yeah. up listening to that this week. <laughs> so it's uh, Bill Simmons and Chris Ryan really like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fantasy is out. He taps out of that episode. He's like, "Yeah, you guys do that one on your own. It's not a good movie." So, so nice. uh, yeah, it's, it's rough. It's rough. But what are you going to do? So, all right. Um, well, there is not an obvious theatrical tie-in for our next episode, so we decided to go back to the well and take a look at our old uh, sheet of suggestions and uh, maybe a little bit of a wish list on mine and Chad's part to pick something from there. Um, And, uh, oh, you know what? Uh, I'm being reminded by my co-host that we had one more element that we want to talk about here. (laughs) Thank you, Chad. Totally forgot about that. Um, We're talking about a Michael Mann movie, and we've kind of shit on him a lot, but it probably doesn't make sense for us to go out on a low note with him, so... We actually were thinking maybe we would do our top five Michael Mann movies while we're here. Um, so, with that being said, uh, Chad, do you want to you want to kick it off for maybe like five to one? Let's let's do it. I'll, you want to do me five, you five, like we usually do? Yeah, yeah, we'll go back and forth. All right. So, number five for me is The Insider. Ooh, very nice. Okay. Yep. Uh, yep. I I go number five is Manhunter for me. 
Okay, that's that, that's one I, I that's on my list to revisit. It's, I've only seen it once, so I need to I need to get that back on. Uh, yeah, I, I like Black Man. I don't want to. I, I, I really like these five movies too. I don't want to like. <laughs> we have been shooting on him a lot, but he's to, a very okay. good, great visionary director. So yeah. To be clear, <laughs> these are all these movies are eight or higher. So let's just you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would totally agree with that. Yep. Yep. Okay. <laughs> all right. So you got you got an Insider right. at five. Yeah. I had yep. Manhunter. What do you have at uh, four? Number four for me is Collateral. Mm, very nice. Uh, remember okay. seeing that in the theater, like opening weekend, and I've always really liked that movie. So yeah. Um, for number four, I actually go The Insider. Mm, very nice. Very nice. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, number three for me is Last of the Mohicans. Oh man, this is a big time dad movie. I remember watching this with my dad growing up multiple times. He one of his favorites. Uh, Daniel Day. You can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Great movie. What about? Um, yeah, it's it, uh, narrowly uh, narrowly was uh, left off my list, unfortunately. But um, at number three, I am going with Thief. Uh, relatively recent watch in the last couple of years, but um, yeah, I think since I've seen it, I've, I've watched it about three times now. Um, really, really a big fan of that movie. Mm-hmm. All right, number two for me. This was tough. I went back and forth, but. I think this is his best movie. It's not my personal favorite. Number two for me is Heat. Okay. I have a feeling that's your number one, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I guess we will. No, my number two <laughs> is Collateral. Um, yeah, I, I love Collateral. Um, can't say enough good about it. I think it, honestly, with his whole um, digital videotape era, I think it is the absolute best looking of all of them. Um, I would agree and with it's that. the only one where it isn't distracting to me. It actually fits the the story uh, more so than Public Enemies or Vice or any of the others. Yeah, arguably the best cruise performance. Debatable, I think I think that might be yeah up there. All right, so number one for me, this movie posters hanging in my office work. It has been for a few years now. You touched on it, 1981's Thief. Absolutely love this movie. Very so so rewatchable, and this is like the beginning of. What we talked about before the 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 brooding crime dude, but he's mm. he's got the love interest. But it, th- this is what like what I expect from Michael Mann, like this that exact movie, and uh, yeah, yeah, it just goes throughout his filmography. So yeah, yep. yep. And then the most obvious pick of all time, Heat at number one. Uh, yep. It's unassailable. I can't make an argument against it. Uh, yeah, and, uh, what can you what can you say about it? I think. I think I did a commentary for this as well with the guys a little while back. But, mm. uh, yeah, great movie. Yeah. Um, these are all great movies. I would also say that um, I'm not a big fan of it, but Public Enemies has its moments, and it's got a really good cast. Um, Ali is all right. It's not quite the movie I wanted it to be. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, and then, um, uh, what? oh, God, I'm missing one. Uh, uh, Miami oh, Vice? Uh, Miami Vice is interesting, but the, uh, but the Miami Vice show. So... Uh, the series is obviously, you know, the, the original is the series. Um, found myself down a YouTube rabbit hole recently of just scene, like iconic music scenes from Miami Vice. I haven't watched the whole series, but I must, I've probably watched like, I don't know, six hours worth of Miami Vice clips and they're all very fucking cool. So I may be watching that show soon. Um, it, it just, it oozes like this style that I guess, Grand Theft Auto Vice City kind of tapped into, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, just uh, I guess honorable mention there from somebody who's never seen the show, so make it that what you will, but, but yeah. 
All right. Nice. We didn't Not end bad. on a bad note. Michael Mann's a great director. Just probably just went on directing a little too long here. Just a little too uh, long. Maybe. He's a good director. I don't know, I don't know if he's a great one. Yeah, that's a different yeah. conversation. But. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, lots of good stuff there. But, yeah, so for next time, uh, no theatrical tie-in. We're going to do something off of our wish list. And, you know, I, I decided it's time for me to justify putting this movie on that list. Uh, next time, we are going to talk about the Robin Williams starring Mrs. Doubtfire. Um lot to say about this movie. I will be interested to see whether or not this holds up in Chad's eyes or if he ever gave a shit about this one way or the other. So, and I have not seen this since I was probably 13, 12 or 13. I mean, it's been a very, like 20 years. I'm gone, at, at least. So, excited to rewatch this one. Excellent. Excellent. All right. All right, uh, Chad, anything else for the people? Got nothing, man. All right. It's... Uh... Binge movie homework at gmail.com and you can find binge media at Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, and Facebook. And don't forget, subscribing on Patreon for five bucks a month gets you all of the commentaries and the other fun stuff that we're doing. I think the next commentary, the user pulled one, is going to be trading places. So keep an ear out for that. And other than that, I say for myself, peace. Thank you for listening to Movie Homework, a Binge Media production. Follow the Binge Media Podcast Network at bingemedia.com, patreon.com slash bingemedia, or wherever you get podcasts. Got a movie suggestion? An award suggestion? Send us an email at bingemoviehomework at gmail.com. Binge Media.